Broadcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the EdTech Chat Podcast, taking the pulse of educators from all over the globe and bringing what you need every week. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the EdTech Chat Podcast, the second to last episode of 2020. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm thrilled to have your support. I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. As I've mentioned before, I've grown my Ignite EdTech consultancy team to include some of the best EdTech leaders from all over the globe. Each week, I want to take a few moments just to introduce a new member of our team that you may like to chat to about supporting you in your school or company. Today, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Tanya Leclerc. Let's have a listen to our brief chat. Thank you for joining me today, Tanya. As a valued member of the Ignite EdTech consulting team, you work with schools all over the world to help them thrive in many different ways. Tell us a little bit about your current role, your experience, and your areas of expertise. Hi, Craig. Thanks for having me. I'm currently a digital learning coach at Seoul Foreign School in Korea. I primarily work with high school teachers to help them meaningfully use technology in their classrooms. I do this through planning meetings, professional development sessions, and other communications like screencasts and curating resources. As many coaches will tell you, we're always learning, so I often joke that I'm a little bit good at a lot of things, but my specialties lie in presentation design, resource design, and synthesizing concepts into easy-to-understand steps. I also love visual and graphic design and find that I often end up being utilized for projects requiring a keen eye for design. Wow. You do so much, Tanya, with so many people and your online presence is inspiring. What's the one thing that you're most passionate about right now in education? I'm passionate about helping teachers make sense of the multitude of educational technology tools at their disposal and how they might use them effectively to enhance student learning. Uh, With virtual learning, we have an extra emphasis on these tools. So I find I'm always testing and trying out things from multiple perspectives. I also love designing visually appealing resources to help teachers better understand concepts and tools. Um, Also, instructional design and web development are really interesting to me um, since much of what we're sharing is online. So I often think about how we might make these experiences more intuitive and well-designed for teachers who are new to them. Tanya, tell us about a time when you helped others succeed and thrive. Well, um, one workshop that comes to mind is one I did last year at the Learning Two conference in Nanjing, China, about presentation design and understanding design concepts so we can enhance communication. Participants in my session uh, got just as nerdy as me about design elements and how they could make adjustments to projects they're already uh, created. They really loved exploring the different concepts, and I still get messages from them about how the session helped them level up their various project projects and communications. Once you see design elements in a certain way, you just can't go back. <laughs> you see them everywhere. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That sounds like an inspiring session. How do you help schools as a consultant And how would schools and edtech companies benefit from working with you? Currently, uh, any consulting work I do is often in the form of conference webinars, workshops, or providing advice through social media. Um, I bring a keen eye for user experience since I've worked with both younger and older grade levels as both a coach and teacher. I also have worked with a range of tools and provided feedback to different companies on their user experience and platform interface. Teachers are busy and they need people like coaches and consultants to speak on their behalf sometimes. Um, No matter if it's a platform, resource, or presentation, I'm always notoriously picky about design and how things look and feel. So there's that as well. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Tanya. I think that there's so many schools and ed tech companies need to do that first step of, of asking for help. And that's why we've built this team of incredible people and yourself included in that so that we can help people do those jobs that they just don't have time to do well. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us. For more information about Tanya and the rest of the Ignite EdTech consulting team and how to inquire, visit igniteedtech.com slash our team. The link is in the description below. Last week, I asked you to think about your digital tool use over the holiday season. I encourage you to check out the social streams to see what other people suggested and listen back to last week's episode. This week, I want you to think about what you need to do to let the people around you know that they're special and that you appreciate them. One of the things as educators that we often forget to do is thank the people around us. Over the next week before the holiday season, take some time every single day to say thank you to people, whether it's a cleaner, a leader, a colleague, a friend, or a parent. Make sure the people around you know that they're loved and that you appreciate them. No EdTech question this week, just a general wellness thought. Be thankful and let your closest circle know. Have a great week ahead. Thank you for your questions that you continue to send in. This week, I wanted to discuss one question from Tamara in Australia. She asked, when I think about engaging students, the first thing I think of is games. How else can I engage students with technology when it's not game-based or gamified? Thank you for your question, Tamara. It's a really interesting topic and something that actually comes up quite a lot, especially from teachers who have taught before the integration of technology and now today, after technology has been infused into our everyday life. My first answer is to always think about and know your why. If you and your colleagues don't know why you're using technology to engage learners, then don't do it. It's as simple as that. Take some time right now, if you haven't done this already, and decide what is your reasoning for wanting or needing to engage students in learning. Is technology the best fit, or is it teaching pedagogy that's the problem? Do you need to go back to the roots and look at teaching practice? Thinking explicitly about technology now. I think that there are so many options for engaging students in technology use without having to gamify. Don't get me wrong, there are plenty of amazing apps and programs where gamification has been proven to improve student engagement and learning, but it's not the only way. When I think about making a learning experience more engaging with technology, my mind never goes straight to gamification. It goes to strategically thinking about the experience and the learners and finding a tool that can add value, not simply substitute a learning experience for something else. I think about tools like the Google suite of products or collaboration tools that allow my learners to connect, collaborate and engage with authentic audiences. I think about tools like Hologo World that allow my students to engage with augmented reality technology. Or I think about tools that allow my students to create and make to show their learning in interesting ways. Start with your why, know what you want to achieve, and if you ever need help finding tools or a specific scenario, or just help in planning for learning experiences, don't hesitate to reach out to me or my Ignite EdTech team. We're always here to help. If you have a question that you'd like answered, please send it through to me. My contact details are in the podcast notes below. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Floop. Floop is a cloud-based website where students can receive annotated feedback from teachers and peers. Students upload images of an assignment to the platform, and teachers put markers in places where they want to provide written feedback. Students are able to see and respond to comments, creating a feedback loop 
that allows teachers to see patterns of student learning. Students get the feedback they need when they need it. Give feedback four times faster than traditional methods and a digital Dropbox with comment banks. What makes this tool unique is the mechanism that allows students to point directly to places on their work that they need help with. Then get that targeted assistance that can also help with specific spots on the assignment. We've been able to do that with tools like the commenting feature in Google Docs, but it hasn't been quite as available in other subject areas. I highly recommend that you take a look at floopedu.com. The link is in the description below. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day, with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. This week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Michael Lubelfeld and Scott McLeod. Let's have a listen to the chats. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Mike Lubelfeld. You might know him as at Mike Lubelfeld on Twitter. Mike and I have been connected for some time now, but this is the first time we've spoken, which is extremely exciting. Mike is an inspirational superintendent based in Illinois, USA, and his Twitter feed is constantly filled with positivity and advice for leaders. He's the co-lead of hashtag SUPTChat, which runs on Twitter on the first Wednesday of every month. On top of all of this, he's a published author. Mike, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Yes, sir. I'm excited to be here. I cannot wait to uh, chat with you, my friend. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? All right. Well, I am a public school superintendent in uh, northern suburban Chicago, Illinois. We've got 10 schools pre-K through eighth grade. So we teach children ages three to 14. We've got 4,000 kids, 525 employees, And really, I'm inspired to impact growth, learning, social, emotional, academic growth for children and for adults. Ultimately, it's support for society and investment in kids and their futures. And I honestly look forward to going to work every single day. It sounds, Mike, that your job is just awesome. And I I love that. And I love the energy that you bring to it. What's your best advice from a leadership perspective for educators today in relation to their use of educational technology in their classrooms? I have to say, uh, I'm going to give you a long answer, but one word is courage. Courage to try. Use it for connection. We really can use technology tools, ed tech especially, to humanize the experience and to connect with our relationships and to build our connectivity. Just have some experiences by creating some of the experiences. You know, really, in terms of pedagogical growth, the actual teaching and learning and facilitating learning opportunities comes with trying new things. It's um, it's innovation. It's doing something new and different to make it better. With EdTech, be engaged, jump in, put your fear aside and realize the incredible humanization and outreach tech tools can provide. Craig, I'm, I'm a bit older and I remember laser discs when I was a teacher back in the mid 1990s. And we were all excited about the barcodes and the remotes. My goodness, we've come a long way in a really relatively short period of time. My best advice, be courageous. Really, the kids depend on that. Uh, Great message. Courage to try. I'm really pleased that you brought that up, actually, Mike, because it's something that a lot of teachers fear when it comes to educational technology use as well. And I think that if if we think about EdTech the way that we think about giving the messages to our kids all the time, which is take a risk, try something new, engage in learning. 
if we did that as educators, we would continue to thrive and continue to grow. And I'm pleased that in, in your district and in your area, that message is being transitioned across everyone there. What about professional learning networks, Mike? That's where we connected and engaged on Twitter many, many years ago now. Tell us about your choice of professional learning networks. Where do you engage? And for the listeners here today, why should they get involved in a PLN? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm glad we did engage in Twitter, my friend. And it's so exciting to be speaking with you today live. I also have to say Twitter really flattens the world. Um, there's a Thomas Friedman book, The World is Flat, and it's uh, from a few years back, and it really talks about globalization. And it doesn't matter where we are physically, we can be connected. Uh, the PLN, the Professional and Personal Learning Network, is so critical. You know, a good friend of mine, Nick Poliak, always says, we like to go where the smart people are and learn from and with them. Um, I'm proud of the AASA, the Superintendents Association, uh, for here in North America, USA and Canadian school suits. I'm also part of COSIN, the Consortium for School Networking, which is a bit more global. And it's really for CTOs and ed tech folks. But I guess I've always been an ed tech fanatic <laughs> over the years. Locally, there's a, a regional group called the Suburban Superintendent, uh, Suburban School Superintendents. Uh, they're incredible thought leaders, micro level, macro level. We've got local groups. And also, I'm real proud to share that I've been an adjunct professor or instructor for the past uh, 15 plus years at National Lewis University in the Chicago area and Loyola University, Chicago. So again, like Nick says, we go where the smart people are and we learn because, um, Craig, we're clearly better together. It's a great message. Go where the smart people are and learn. What about uh, international listeners? Because a lot of people listening and tuning in here today are not in the US. Are they able to connect? If you're a leader, a principal in a school, um, a leader of a district or a group of schools, can they get connected with these networks? Absolutely. Uh, what's happened now and in the last couple of years, really, there are so many um, online, virtual and blended learning opportunities that these associations are providing. And honestly, anybody who's out there interested can go to aasa.org, COSIN, I believe is COSN.org, or just shoot me a direct message and I can, you know, do the same. I've really had my eyes opened up working with Nestle out of um, Melbourne, Australia, and had a chance to travel there as well, the National Excellence School Leadership Institute. And really, I think no matter what the organization is, as long as we connect like this person to person, really with all of the uh, virtual and electronic things going on, we can be connected and participate in each other's organizations no matter what, anytime, anywhere. And we'll make sure that those links are in the podcast notes as well. So if you're listening and you want to get connected, look at the podcast notes below. Mike, point us to an EdTech tool that you currently love using in your day-to-day -day work. Oh my gosh. Well, I have to say Zoom has been like the web, web connector and conference tool that we love here in our school district. And I'll tell you what sets it apart for us, Craig, is the breakout rooms. So we're able to recreate actual teaching and learning in small group collaborative set settings. So that's our favorite in terms of right now. I have to say I've been podcasting a bit. I'm an amateur podcaster, so I've been using um, Anchor FM, also Screencastify for video capture and export. Um, and in my school district, we just started using something called PlayPosit. 
P-L-A-Y-P-O-S-I-T, which takes video and helps the teacher put stuff on it to make it interactive for the learner. So I guess the short answer is multimedia, multimodal, and communication is really what I'm using right now, day to day, even as a school superintendent. Play posit. I love it. It's something that I'm going to go away straight after this and have a look at. And again, we'll make sure that that's in the description for people to check it out. It sounds like an inspirational tool. Mike, you know that as an an educator and a learner and a leader now for many years, just how important learning is. And for myself as well, and just about every other person listening today, learning is incredibly important to us as educators. Tell us about a book or a resource that you've been reading lately or just one of your all-time favorites and tell us why we should be exploring it. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, I have an all-time favorite book and author is actually Jack Kerouac. Uh, He was kind of a crazy beatnik in the 1950s uh, America, a real counterculture sort of revolutionary guy. Really probably a total opposite of me. I'm a relatively conservative, (laughs) more mainstream type of person. So that's probably why I loved his book On the Road, which just took a whimsical journey of exploration and sort of late teenage, 1920s, 1950s American, again, counterculture. I love that book. It was real popular. And I couldn't relate to it in terms of actual relating to it. But boy, it was neat to help open my mind. And I think that's really the message is open our minds to things that may be a little bit different than what we do and then what we have, you know, in terms of our own lives. I will say my favorite leadership book is a classic from Kuzis and Posner, The Leadership Challenge. And there's an acronym, Craig, that I, I love and I've, I've referenced in some of my writings. It's MICE-E, Model the Way, Inspire Shared Vision, Challenge the Process, Enable Others to Act and Encourage the Heart. And those are the five characteristics of exemplary leaders. So my, my big takeaway is read stuff that's different than you to open your mind and then read stuff that's going to help you be better in what you do in your day-to-day. Mike, on top of everything you do on a daily basis and everyone you've inspired and engaged in learning, you're also a published author. Tell us a little bit about your books. What inspired you to write them and why should we read them? Awesome. I'm so grateful to you for asking. Thank you so much. So um, with Nick Poliak, uh, another Illinois superintendent, we, we wrote and published The Unlearning Leader, Leading for Tomorrow Schools Today in 2017. And we also published with PJ Capozzi, another author and great guy, superintendent, Student Voice from Invisible to Invaluable, Roman and Littlefield Publishers, uh, 2017 and 2018. Honestly, Craig, the inspiration comes from educators and students with whom uh, we've worked. Inspiration came from seeing successful changes in leadership in small doses in our own districts with our own faculty, staff, and really seeing how it can be scaled up at an organizational level and celebrating the great work of the teachers who led the changes and celebrating the great work of the students who who led the changes. And the inspiration really does also come from Nick Poliak, who's a major professional partner of mine and really a brother from another mother. We just um, serve as accountability partners. We help make each other better and we push each other, you know, to just do better all the time. So we're real proud to have these books. People should read them because they're from real people, real practitioners, and they show real change management, change leadership from students up to superintendents. And again, all of these links are in the podcast notes below. Mike, 
We've come to the end already and I feel like it's finishing all too soon, but what's the best way for them to connect and engage with you? Because I know that there's going to be many, many people that are going to want to know more from you based on the little nuggets that you've just given us today. How can they do that? Well, you are an amazing, incredible friend and just wonderful to, to allow me to be part of your journey, Craig. So thank you. Uh, definitely Twitter is probably the most um, uh, the most accessible way at Mike Lubelfeld and at my blog, mikelubelfeld.edublogs.org. And I'd love to stay connected with any of your listeners. And again, so grateful to keep making the world a better place through inspiration, positivity, and support for others and their growth. Mike, thank you so, so much for your inspiration and your time today. My pleasure. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Scott McLeod. You might know him as at McLeod on Twitter with almost 54,000 followers. Scott and I have been connected for many years and I love following his tweets and engaging conversations. Scott is an Associate Professor of Educational Leadership at the University of Colorado, Denver, USA. He's the Founding Director of the UCEA Center for the Advanced Study of Technology Leadership in Education, CASEL, the only university center in the US dedicated to the technology needs of school administrators. And and on top of all of this, he's the co-creator of the wildly popular video series, Did You Know? Shift Happens. On top of all of this as well, he's also a published author. Scott, I have no idea how you find time for all of this, but it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk education and technology integration? Absolutely, Craig. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. Let's go. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? Sure. I'm an associate professor of educational leadership at the university, so I prepare principals or heads of school. And I think what inspires me is that, you know, if you look at the challenges that affect society and schools and communities, what we know is that leadership really matters. So I am trying to invest my efforts in helping leaders, particularly in the educational realm, uh, really think about how can we positively impact students and families and communities. That's fantastic. And Scott, you're really well known, I guess, for your Did You Know video series. I think this is where I first came across you many, many years ago. Why were they so popular, do you think? And what's been the most powerful thing for you about making them? Yeah, the Did You Know Shift Happens videos uh, came at this impactful time, I guess, in education because they took off like wildfire. I think they've now been seen by over 100 million people and counting, <laughs> um, either face-to-face or online. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the videos because they're a little old now, it was this stream of facts about how technology is changing the world. And it just they just kept coming and they just kept coming. And, you know, what the videos invited us to consider was if society all around us is being transformed by these technological shifts and globalization, then, you know, we can't pretend that schools and universities are going to be able to stay in their own little bubble immune from all that. And so what the videos did was they invited people to consider what the potential and the opportunity were for us as educators with our students. And I think that's why they resonated with so many people is they really sort of hammered people you know, in a lot of different ways about how quickly the world was changing and then said, so how are you going to change as an individual, as an organization, with the people that you serve? And I think 
you know, for me, the most powerful thing about being involved in that initiative with Carl Fish was the opportunity to dialogue with people all around the world who were impacted by those videos and then said, this is causing some incredible discussions in our organizations, you know, in government agencies and schools and businesses and nonprofits. And it's really sort of given us an opportunity to have some dialogues that we hadn't had before. And that was actually really exciting stuff to see. Um, I don't know if we've lived up to the promise of those early dialogues, but again, I recognize that systems move slowly and what I wish would happen in a couple of years often takes decades to happen. And what about EdTech tools, Scott? You must use some EdTech tools in your day-to-day work to help be more efficient or engage or converse or connect. What's an EdTech tool that you currently love using in your day-to-day work that everyone listening needs to know about? Um, I think my two main tools are probably uh, the Google Suite, right? Google Drive. I would probably be dead in the water without that. Um, And I'm really trying to use the sharing aspects and the communal aspects of Google Docs and Google Sheets and so on to really create interactive spaces where I can work with my students or I can work with educators in a workshop, for example, and we can do that sort of collective um, capturing of our dialogues and our learning together. Uh, We can create resources together that are valuable for others. So just can't give a big enough shout out um, to the Google suite. And then I think for me, the other tool that I use all the time is I use Feedly because again, I'm an old school blog reader and Feedly allows me to manage my RSS subscriptions about things that I care about. And I have not only my professional folders like educational technology or educational law, um, but I also have my personal stuff, right? I'm a huge baseball fan. So I've got my baseball folder full of feeds. I've got my photography folder for when I get a chance to try and improve my very amateur photography skills. And I just find that Feedly is an really powerful tool for me in terms of managing and curating the stuff that I care about. Feedly, great. We'll make sure that link is in the podcast notes for everyone listening to jump on and check it out. Scott, you've described so much about the learning process and and to educators, learning is incredibly important. Can you recommend one book or resource that you've been reading lately or just one of your all-time favorites and tell us a little bit about why we should be exploring it? My favorite education book of all time is Beyond Discipline by Alfie Cohn. And what Beyond discipline does is it really invites us to reconsider our relationship with the student, right? And to move away from environments of compliance and control and to really think about students as autonomous human beings who should be critical partners with us in the work. And so I reread Beyond Discipline about once every year or so just to remind myself of what education is supposed to be all about. And it's really supposed to be about empowering students not about empowering systems that disempower students. And so I can't recommend that book highly enough. On top of everything you do, as I described in the podcast intro, you're a published author. Uh, I'm blown away at the amount of stuff you get to do on a daily basis. I just don't know how you fit it in. But tell us about your books, Scott. I'm inspired to know more, but what inspired you to write them and why should we read them? Thanks, Craig. You know, uh, one of the joys of being a professor is schedule flexibility and job autonomy. And, you know, we're basically paid to read and write. Um, So that's a luxury many don't have. Um, I'm really excited about my two newest books that came out with Solution Tree in the last couple of years. You know, the different schools for a different world book is really sort of my take on 
why schools need to change. And there've been a lot of books written on that topic. I was trying to come up with something that reflected my own sort of professional worldview of how to think about why schools need to move in some new directions and why there should be some urgency around that. I also tried to keep it really short so that people could sit down with it in an hour, hour and a half and just kind of plow through it. Um, and I've gotten really good feedback on that one. But, you know, opining about, you know, the state of affairs in education and why we should change um, is easy to do. But if we don't also help people actually do the work, then it's almost useless. So my other book from Solution Tree is called Harnessing Technology for Deeper Learning. And in that book, uh, what I do is I introduce my four shifts protocol, which talks about how do we redesign lessons, units, and instructional activities towards deeper learning and student agency and authentic work, and how do we use technology as a tool to help with that. And in that book, we not only introduce the protocol and compare it to other frameworks like SAMR or Triple E or TPAC, but we also redesign eight lessons within the book and then conclude with a chapter on practical tips and strategies. And I'm uh, really proud of that book because it's meant to be something that doesn't just say to you know, administrators and teachers, hey, you need to change and here's why, but also here's how you can do the work. And, um, you know, the protocol is now just taking off all around the world quite rapidly because it's a very practical, hands-on instructional redesign tool that's free to anybody who wants to use it. So they don't even have to, you know, get the book and they can just find the protocol online and go. And so I've been really just delighted with sort of the duality of those books, the why book and the how book and how they're working together um, to foster educators, you know, transformational uh, practices in schools. And we'll make sure the links to your books are in the show notes as well. Scott, I can't thank you enough for your time today. It's been totally inspirational. And I know the listeners are going to have so many things to ask you out of all of this, so many nuggets of information and so many ideas going around in my head now. What's the best way for the listeners to follow and connect to you? Uh, the best way to find me is at dangerouslyirrelevant.org. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at, at McLeod. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Scott McLeod, and the last name is M-C-L-E-O-D. And otherwise, you know, just click on contact on my blog, and there's lots of other ways to find me. Thanks, Craig. Thank you so much for your time today, Scott. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Next week, join me for episode 33 of the EdTech Chat podcast, when I'm joined by Sunny Magana. One of the things I love doing is giving away prizes as a thank you for tuning in, listening, and hopefully subscribing to the EdTech Chat podcast. Last week, I gave away a copy of Alex Quigley's book. To win, you needed to complete the form at bit.ly slash edtechwin. The winner has already been contacted directly by me, and they are Donna Golightly. Congratulations, Donna. This week, I'm giving away the biggest prizes yet on the EdTech Chat podcast – a haul of eight different prizes. This week, I'm giving away five books from the amazing Michael Lubelfeld, two books from the incredible Scott McLeod, and an hour redesigning for deeper learning workshop with Scott. To win the prizes, you need to go to bit.ly slash edtechwin and complete the simple form. It'll take you less than a minute to complete. And with eight prizes this week, you've got a great chance of taking something away. The link is in the description below. Competition closes on Wednesday the 16th of December and the winners will be contacted directly by me and announced on next Friday's podcast episode. Good luck. We have just one more episode left in the 2020 series of the EdTech Chat podcast. 
when we come back in mid-January, will be bigger, better, and more targeted to your needs than ever before. I am thrilled with the changes and what I will have to share in the new year. If you have any ideas for the 2021 season, please don't hesitate to contact me. If you enjoyed today's episode, like always, please smash that subscribe button and share it with your colleagues, friends, and families. I really do appreciate your support. Please remember to go back and rate the podcast too. It won't take you long, and it will help us connect to more educators and edtech enthusiasts all over the world. Make sure you go back and share your favorite part of today's episode by tagging me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And don't hesitate to contact me with any questions that I can answer in an upcoming episode. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more, and I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the EdTech Chat Podcast. Creating a community for educators to learn, share, and grow. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.